Chcą pokazać się z najlepszej strony Zmienić coś, zmienić Zwrócić uwagę, zwróciłam wszystko Skrzydła pocinna, obleczna, życiowa Badlina, przed miasto idę Wszędzie spalina Tutaj wszystko jest nowe Welcome back to episode 130 something something, I think, 32, 33, I don't know. It's the, more importantly, it's the first episode of 2021, a new year, a new decade, or was last year the new decade? I don't know. Christine, are we in a new decade or are we in the same decade? Um, a new millennium. I don't know. No, that's not it. That much I know because you and I were both class of 2000s. We were the class of the new millennium. And I once was on a student council thing where they had to make a, uh, what do you call it? Like mural for like battle of the classes. And they did a class of the millennium and they spelled millennium wrong. And they didn't think that was a big deal. Well, I mean, it's a hard word to spell. Yes. (laughs) Yes, but is how I, I answer that. No, I you're right. Look, yeah. if it's going on a wall. Exactly. I understand. Look, nobody has to be good at spelling, especially now, because now the world has told us we really don't have to be good at spelling. But still, what it comes down to is if something's going on a wall, or if you're saying, I'm the bestest at this, then you should spell this correctly. And in this case, it was Millennium, and they didn't spell it right. I digress. I'm excited because it's been a while since we've recorded, but I need to reel it in like you'd reel in a a catch of the day, if you will, yeah. uh, because it's not just you and me today, Christine, is it? No, there is a specter that haunts these, I don't know, <laughs> corridors, <It's... laughs> this podcast. So, I mean, <laughs> I've never thought of us as recording in corridors, but why not? I, I mean, I do. Yeah. Old, <laughs> old hallways. Yes, but she haunts these places. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so everybody give your best ghost welcome <laughs> to the one and only Carol from the Cultural Gutter. Hey, everybody. We are so ghost. delighted. So delighted. Yeah, what is your, if you were a spooky ghost, mm-hmm. what would your thing be? Like, I feel like all spooky ghosts have a thing. Like, oh, she's going to have a good answer for that. Yeah, I bet. Like, oh, is no. it like long haired? Is it like dripping water? Is it um, haunting, like, people writing poetry like what would your thing be constant crying that would mm, be mine that's a good one <laughs> see i i was gonna say because because of the state of everything that i've scaled down and it would just be knocking things off one spot on a counter Ooh, Ooh, I like, like a ghost cat but then you came up with like all the cool ghost things like the long so hair and the dripping water oh. and now i'm like maybe i could do blood tears <gasps> blood tears ghost blood, blood tears. tears yes I could stare at people balefully with, and mm-hmm. cry my blood tears yeah. and then knock their coffee cup off the counter <gasps> I love and it. disappear. It's very high concept. They look down in their coffee and they notice there's spots of red in it and those are the blood tears. <laughs> oh. Love it. Um, I do. I, I really like that. that was yeah, good. it's a good one. Side note, um, it dawned on me the other day, I think I was listening to a podcast about the movie Ghost and it hit me that... I'm not somebody that cares much about fashion, but I do like every day I obviously get dressed and I think about what I'm going to wear. And I've decided um, an important step in life is just is thinking every day, if I die today, this is my ghost outfit, right? This is what I might be wearing for eternity. Um, if you start thinking that way, it really helps you, I think, um, not not throw away your wardrobe that day, if you will. Hmm. No, it's... I'm going to be, I'll, I'll be haunting you all in a black t-shirt. I'm really sorry. 
I'm wearing a long hoodie right now. So oh, that's a good one. And leggings. <laughs> so that's it. I like it. I'm wearing like a, a thrift shop shirt of a bagel shop that has holes everywhere. Ooh, um, which seems, good. yeah, it seems on brand too. So I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, now we are not talking about ghost movies today, but we are talking about two movies that have a lot of things in common. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about these movies together because I think they like, it's one of those cases where they, I think, talk to each other in a lot of weird ways. They are both European movies. They both came out the last couple of years. Um, both first time filmmakers, maybe. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So a whole bunch of things, and they are both about uh, young women maybe finding a certain aspect and growing up and all sorts of stuff, and there's also a lot of blood along the way. Uh, the movies are, so Carol, you suggested them. How about you introduce them? Okay. Um, I forget. Oh, we're, the first one we're going to talk about, I think, is When Animals Just Dream. Mm-hmm. Which is a uh, Danish, Denmark, Norway? Yeah, it's, Dan- it's Danish. Okay. Yeah. And it has Mads Mikkelsen brothers, Lars. Yeah, it's got Thrawn in it, everybody. <laughs> Thrawn is in this movie, if anyone's interested. <laughs> so I did not know, I, this, I knew nothing about either of these movies. And the credits start, and I noticed a name I didn't recognize, but I noticed Mikkelsen is the last name. And I thought to myself, I wonder if this man is going to be related to Mads Mikkelsen, or if it's just a really common name. Like, I obviously don't know Danish exactly names well. Yeah, could it yeah. be like Smith? And then as soon as the actor shows up, I'm like, oh, those cheekbones. That is Mads Mikkelsen's yeah. brother, without yeah. question. Like, Mads Mikkelsen's hot brother, who is somehow less hot than, I don't, like, that family. They need to stop. Mm. <laughs> um, more, I think, conventional looking, right? Like, he, his face is a little a more filled out so the cheekbones wouldn't cut you and give you blood tears if they got you right in the right place. Uh, yeah. I mean, but who wants that? I want like a snake man hybrid. That's what I'm here for. Depends on my mood. Depends on the day, you know? Sometimes <laughs> you want a slightly furrier, more like, I don't know, like possum rather than the snake, if you will. I mean, sometimes you don't want to be providing the body heat. Sometimes you want to get some body heat. Totally. Oh, I'm with you. That's true. I'm with you. you. That. You're really, we're really growing here today. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And then the other film we are going to talk about is The Lure, which is a Polish film um, by Agnieszka Szmazinska. And it is a redoing of The Little Mermaid, kind of, sort of, with two mermaids who uh, come ashore and go to uh, get adopted by a nightclub slash cabaret. (laughs) There there is so much going on. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling when I would try to... uh, promote it to people i would tell them it's a mur- murderous mermaid musical that's i mean yeah like that that's what sells it on any level um mm-hmm. and yeah and there are two interesting films that i i had definitely heard of the lure and yes carol you probably told me about it i know like because as soon as you said it i'm like oh i know that one's been on my queue forever i've just hadn't gotten to it i had not heard of when animals dream but i think carol you had seen both right yeah Okay. Yeah, I've seen them both like four or five times now. Because yes. uh, I have to admit, I went on another podcast and talked <gasps> about the lore. Oh, you dirty, dirty girl. I know. I'm sorry. Oof, oof. We're just getting second leftover days. No, of... you know what? I say be an expert in something. True. I'm with you. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah. I like your positive spin there. Christine, had you seen either of these films? <clears throat> no, I hadn't. Um, um, uh, 
Carol, among other people, have recommended the lore to me a lot. But see, I think, Emily, you know this. When you describe something as a musical, I'm immediately <laughs> not interested anymore. Um, it, musicals are tough sells for me. When Weirdo. I like them, they're the most important thing in the world to me. But when I don't like them, I'm completely out. So I was a little hesitant to jump into that one because of that. But I, I had never seen One Animal's Dream, but Carol had also recommended that one to me. Um, and I recently edited an article about it. So ah. I hadn't seen it, but I a hundred I knew every beat. Mm. And spoiler alert, that might have been a bad thing for me. Yeah, mm. I can see that. So here we are. I honestly, usually when I edit something that's very specific about a movie, I like to have watched it first, you know, for yeah. multiple reasons. Time being weird lately. I didn't for that, and I now regret it. I wish I had watched it before I read about it mm-hmm. extensively. Yeah, I could see that, because both of these films, and we are going to split them up and talk about one and then talk about the other, um, just in case anybody's worried about spoilers. We do spoil these movies, just because I think there's so much to talk about, um, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But first, before we spoil and go into detail, um, I think both of them are movies that are are better gone into fresh, because they're both, I mean, the lure is weird. Like, the lure is really weird, and it's cool to go mm-hmm. in not knowing anything. With When Animals Dream, I knew nothing. And I agree. I think if I had known even an outline or, or um, what genre you might put it in, I think that would have hurt me going into it. Whereas just going in fresh and not knowing, oh, this is a story about, I guess it's about a teenage girl in a fishing village. Okay. Then everything mm-hmm. was new to me. Whereas if I had known what what monster genre some people might have considered it i think that would have hurt yeah. it a bit yeah i saw i knew about the lore because i also had friends who were like you need to see the lore but with when animals dream i don't even know why i saw it i just saw it cold mm. i it might have been as simple as like oh i really like that image and then i went and saw yeah. it <laughs> sure and so yeah i can see how that would be um have you guys seen a horrible way to die yeah yes yeah I can see how it's that same kind of slow burn. And if someone told you it was a certain kind of genre, you'd be like, oh, my God, I'm really impatient with this movie or start comparing it to other movies in that genre as opposed to Danish girl in a a fishing village versus woman getting over a bad relationship and confronting her alcoholism. It's that's a really interesting movie you bring up because I feel like that that was one that I had so many feelings on when I saw A Horrible Way to Die. Because uh, that's, I, I don't think Joe Swanberg directed it, but it's like, he's in it. It's that whole school of A.J. Yeah, Bowen yeah. and like, the, yeah, yeah. This, that group of, of horror filmmakers and actors yeah. that are, were have done some really good stuff. And I remember going into it thinking, well, based on the title, I think I know what I'm getting. And then yeah. the first half hour, I'm getting something totally different and I'm there. But then it turns into something totally else. And it was one that I, I've always meant to go back to because I felt yeah. like that was one that my expectations were so confused that it meant I couldn't ever settle on the movie I was getting. I kept thinking about the movie uh, that I thought I was getting. Yeah, I, that's another one I saw because it was at the festival. It was one of the TIFF movies. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's an Adam Wingard movie. That was it. That's like, it. He made it before he made Your Next. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of the um, same cast, too. Yeah, and if you saw Your Next and then was like, I'm going to go see this other movie he made, it's oh, nothing sure. like his yeah. subsequent films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why don't we dive into When Animals Dream? 
Okay. So, all right. So we are, <laughs> as we talk about this, we are going to, we will spoil just because we're going to talk about it in detail. So things will come up. Um, as, as I think you've heard us say, you really should watch it first before you, you hear us go into it. Uh, it is not streaming for free anywhere. I th- actually, it might be on Canopy, but I'm not sure. Uh, but it is rentable on Prime. Uh, and who would like to give a synopsis? Um, do we want like a human synopsis? Yeah. I think maybe maybe I don't I'm I don't know Carol maybe she do <laughs> uh, you're the most human of the three of us. Well, I mean okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna be very dismissive and weird about it. So maybe we we put some respect on it when when there's a guest in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I am wearing pants. So. I'm not wearing pants. I can see how it really is like a it's one of those movies that I wouldn't necessarily recommend to everyone in the same mm. way that I wouldn't recommend a horrible way to die to everyone even though it is intensely on brand for me. Like, I, I like a slow burn movie. I like the movies that are sort of between very classic genre mm-hmm. and, uh, like, indie drama. Like, I like my indie drama with, I'm going to say it, Werewolf Girl. <laughs> um. In everything you've said, I can both love or hate so much. Because to me, like, a slow burn indie horror Mm-hmm. can be the greatest thing in the world and it can be the most insufferable thing in the world. I liked this. I didn't I didn't love it, love it, but I did like it a lot. I know I think Christine yeah. is sort of on the the other side, so I think we have a good y- progression yeah. of of uh, um, opinion. I was going to ask something and I completely lost it. Oh, uh Carol, have you ever seen the movie Bellflower? Oh. No. No, I have not. Don't. Okay. So when people say an indie small, uh, like slow burn, that's genre-y, that's what I always think of as like the mm-hmm. worst case scenario. The, oh my God, yeah. I, yeah. Emily and I, um, I think loathe maybe is the right word. I don't, <laughs> so um, um, fun fact, at, when I was a kid, my parents had like two rules in the house growing up. One rule mm-hmm. was we couldn't chew gum. The other rule was we couldn't say the word hate because um, I think they didn't want us to ever say, like, I hate you um, to each other or to them. So we had to say loathe instead. So mm-hmm. to me, loathe is not not nearly strong enough because I think, like, no, no, no. Like, I used to say I loathe my brother all the time. No, no, no. I, I didn't loathe I Bellflower. I, I don't – I would justify murder for how I felt about that movie. Yeah. So, I mean, that formula can go incredibly right and incredibly wrong, in oh, my sure. opinion. <laughs> so so yeah. it's interesting to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, exactly. I agree with that entirely. There's, like, a sweet spot. Um, and I, I'm really interested in werewolves, and particularly, like, werewolf stories about women. Because mm-hmm. one of the things I think is interesting about it is, like, the werewolf genre in general is sort of... Um, Dudish? Very dudish and like this conception of freedom that's dangerous. Like, oh, we have yeah. to be constrained because if we're not constrained, we go around killing. Right. So we're not real and men unless we get to be werewolves. Yeah. And then also, well, like, we've got to control ourselves or we'll be werewolves. Yeah. But one of the things I think with like this and ginger straps and to a certain extent, um, the Claire Denis film, Trouble Every Day, I kind of think oh, of as a always meant movie. to see that. I have not seen that yet. It's been on my queue forever. One of these days. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I think about it. It's mm. interesting, and I think you should see it. And it's. I don't love it, but I have thoughts, and sometimes that's it. that's you know, something in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have movies I love, and I have nothing to say about them yeah. other than like, oh, I love it. Um, but I I like this idea of that freedom is sort of different for girls mm. and women and female identified people like 
it's not being prey anymore. Yeah. And so there's like this, she had, her story is coming of age and it doesn't do the thing that I think it could do really poorly where like, oh, well, her sexual awakening equals her transformation into a werewolf. And it kind of happens, but. Um, but if anything, it's like almost unrelated. I didn't take it as related because no, I took it no. more as like her saying, I am going to turn into something else. So I want to experience this thing that yes. a regular girl would yeah. experience before that happens. Because yeah. once I, I experience I that, I can't. Well, and she even says it on the dance yeah. floor. I'm oh, I love that line. I'm going to a monster and I want to get laid. I want to get laid. So, oh, <laughs> so the quick synopsis then that we should, I guess, in case you know, like somebody decides to listen yeah. without knowing anything. Um, yeah. What was this? Her, I'm so bad. I'll watch an entire movie and I'll, then I'll forget what the character's name is or never really know it. Marie, Marie. right? Marie. Yeah. yeah. So Marie is what? Like, she must be like 16, I guess. That's what everything yeah, I've read has like said. Late teens, early twenties, but it's hard to say because it seems like she's not going to school; that she's working full time. Yeah, which is why I thought she, she was closer to eighteen. Yeah, um, so young woman gets a job. Well, her mother is sick, right? Her mother is in a wheelchair. Her mother doesn't speak. Her mother is there; is definitely mentally there, but just clearly not, seems like maybe she had a stroke or mm, something. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of what, what they lead you to, to suspect. Um, she gets a job at the fishery, as does, I guess, everybody in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, she has a rash that she realizes her doctor knows more about than he's telling her. And she flirts with a guy at work, but then she's also getting pretty badly harassed by other dudes at work. She seems to be getting angrier as her rash is getting worse. And it's because she's a werewolf, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And her mom's a werewolf too, yep. and is being medicated to control her werewolfism. Yes. And they threaten to do the same to Marie. And so, yeah, I don't think it has to do with like, oh no, she's going to get out of control, but more a sort of general, her community is like, we can't accept you for who you are. And that's being sort of presented as being a werewolf. Like basically, you know, like she has to be controlled. Her mom has to be controlled. They can't have opinions they can't be sexually active they have to they can't get angry yeah and now i watched this the first half of it i watched on my computer and then i watched it the rest of it on the tv and i think i actually preferred watching it on the computer because this is so much of like the beginning and establishment is kind of just table setting this town and this because it is like this very tight community and i I think it's good because I think it's a good length. This is a very short movie. It's like barely 90 minutes. Um, But it took me a little bit to figure out exactly all the, because it seems like everybody knew everybody, but there were still introductions made. And that it's nice if that was for our, our, um, I see. I really didn't like that. Mm -hmm. If, if I'm supposed to believe this is a small insular community, which it turns out it, it like it is. It's a right. coastal fishing town. Why, why does it feel like these people have never talked before? Mm-hmm. It bummed me out. It bummed me out immediately. I was like, well, I you know, I love when a movie's like, let me just drop you in the middle of this mm-hmm. and you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. But I felt like this was let me just drop you in the middle of it and pretend like these people just met. Why these kids should have mm-hmm. all gone to school together? They should have grown up. To, like, why am I? Why is it? Why is it being presented to me this way? I felt like that was a, a huge detractor for me I think it was a a mistake and I think and whether it was just because storytelling wise um 
the and this we should say it's directed by Jonas Alexander Arnby, a couple of writers on that. Whether it was just they couldn't really figure out a way to introduce the world without like actually introducing people to each other. Um, but yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think she was supposed to be a, a, probably younger than the Met, like all the guys at the fishery. So, but at the same time, yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I, I'm trying to make excuses for it because I think you could, but I think there's also the other side of like, yeah, it, it's a, it's a plot mistake kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, oh, and I have no problem with if, if you, if you connect to a material or a movie, like ignore ignoring ignoring feels strong but like like pat letting things pass sure. just because i mean i i do that for sure but like i was already so so this was this is like a hundred of other movies i've already seen but not as engaging mm. so i i couldn't help but be immediately critical because like it reminded me of of raw it reminded me of thelma it reminded me of nocturne it reminded me of ginger snaps it reminded mm-hmm. me of Jack and Diane. It reminded me of so many movies that I just was I in it like it, it like felt like it was going through the paces. Like here we have uh, this is where she gets slighted by boys, and this is where she lets loose on the dance floor, and this is where she gets to fuck. Like mm-hmm. I I got it. Thank you. And I just wanted it to do something different. And I will tell you, it did do something different, but I was already out. There was like 26 minutes left and I was like, okay, well, I'm bored now. And I kept picking up my phone, which I hate that I did because I know it's it's a fucking su- slow burn subtitled movie. And I'm looking at my phone like a jerk. Like, I hated that feeling. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I just get frustrated because like there was, I think there was something really interesting there because I like you guys pointed out, it's not her her transformation isn't really tied with puberty which i think yeah. is interesting because that is like a, like mm-hmm. something that is leaned on oh so much, much. Like, yeah like ladies yeah. have different experiences if we could please press on um, <laughs> yes 14 year or not 14 younger what was it 11 ish year old me going through the the yeah. changes that that girls go through much different than adult me going through other changes that that yeah, a lady goes yeah. through. It wasn't it wasn't biological. It was like about her becoming viewed as a woman in society. Yeah. In her society. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that that was really cool. And so that to me, so I just listed a bunch of movies that if you didn't see them, it's all nonsense and it doesn't matter what I just said. But for me, there was this like tilt towards to, like it it dabbled with it at the beginning, but really got into it in the in the last half of like of the societal pressures on her and the view that her insular society has on her that felt very wicker man to me. And I was mm-hmm. like, why didn't we just do this the yeah. whole time? Why mm-hmm. wasn't this? I, and then there's like all the stuff about her mom. I'm like, where's that movie? Give me that story. Why are you telling me this when you could be telling me that? I don't mm-hmm. know. This is what I do when I think something has potential, I think. I start to try mm. to solve it or fix it or game it. And I feel like that's what I did with this movie. Like, I just kept shouting out all the things I wish it was doing. And that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, I've definitely done that. And it's usually the same thing. Like, it's when the materials are there, whether it's the right actors or the right scenery. And you're like, oh, oh, we're going to tell this story. No, we're not. Oh, we're uh, like, it, it is more frustrating when you see the potential versus just watching a shitty movie like this. Uh, it And I, and I do agree. I think there's a lot of directions it, it could have pulled into more so than others. Um, and then it may have, 
I mean, it definitely would have would have worked better, I think, overall. But there's things it could have done more differently. And I, when you said raw, totally the scene. I think for me, it was when she's getting hazed at the fishery that I just kept thinking of raw and all the hazing. And then yeah. once that got in my head, like the whole film, I'm like, well, like because I kept thinking Ginger Snaps was there once I realized it was werewolf. But Ginger Snaps was also on my mind with the lure because there's a lot of, of parallels that you can mm. draw to that movie. But then once I had Raw, it was hard to shake that out. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and, see, I saw this before I saw Raw. Oh, interesting. Were you Raw thinking seems, this when you movie. saw Raw? Yeah. Um, mm, a little bit. I mean, I'm sort of interested in that whole thing with, with the ladies. Yeah, definitely. But... Um, Raw made me think more of of uh, trouble every day. Okay, okay. That's, but yeah, yeah, and see, and yeah. see yeah, it's this. It, I know I'm bringing stuff to this because this is a genre that, for me, I feel like needs to do something different. Well, the lore is really fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I would like it to do something different because I want female stories and I want monstrous female stories. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think there needs to be a little bit more striking out so that we can have something new because Ginger Snaps felt really new when it happened. And then Jennifer's body felt really new when it happened. And now it's almost like you can just grab one or two of these more like 2010s and mm-hmm. on ones and then be like, great, now we have this one. Now let's, what's the next thing, please? And I, I just wish there was a little bit more innovation. Also, this has all male creators, right? It does, mm-hmm. yeah. Does yeah. that did that feel a way to anybody at all? Not to say that men can't tell female stories, but it kind of for me, I wondered if that's where the some of the more rote components of it came from. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that point. It didn't I didn't know watching it. I just I think I just didn't pay attention to the credits after Mickelson um to realize whether it was a man or woman and it didn't it didn't. I didn't keep thinking about it. I didn't think like, oh, this is so clearly shot by a woman, or or the flip of that of, oh, this is very clearly a male gaze. It doesn't feel that. Um, there was a little bit of the, and this is where it felt um, the simplicity of her in this space. I think was a little bit kind of maybe lacking that complexity, like that she's in this fishery that. It's mostly men, but not all men. But we never, she never has a conversation with another woman in this movie. Yep. Which is definitely, aside from her mother, I guess, which, which, which does happen. But every, she has female coworkers. There is no relationship whatsoever with them. And that does feel really weird. Um, I can, I, I'm going to say like two things. Like one, in the same way that I didn't have a tr- trouble with, the way they introduce things because I saw it as this family's being shunned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would like it if the other woman had been more supportive, but it didn't read as much of an issue with dudes writing it um, so much as her being shunned. And yeah. I think that yeah. they could have handled that better. And the second thing is, is I think that this didn't bother me as much because I have so such low expectations for <laughs> werewolf movies in particular. Yeah. And that's that makes a, it sound like point. this is a worse movie than I think it is because it's a movie I like and enjoy. But <laughs> I, had, I had sort of the flip experience of what Christine had where I'm like, 
oh, look, like her mom's protecting her. And oh, look, she's tearing out their goddamn throats. <laughs> and oh, look, the boy oh. still loves her and she has a happy ending where but, she's an adult and actualized. Look, you are not wrong about any of those things at mm-hmm. all. And and I, similar, I, there's actually a part right at the end when I think when the when there's all the fish guts in her locker where like the women look at her and, and then just look walk away. away. Yeah. I totally yeah. was like, oh, so that no one wants to fuck with her. And there are absolutely seeds of that. Mm-hmm. Like for, yeah. for sure, because they're like, your mom's weird too. Like that's all yeah. there. But like, I feel like it got buried. Like why not push that to the front more? Mm-hmm. I, again, I'm trying to fix a movie that doesn't need to be fixed. Well, the pacing just, is weird. I think the way he unrolls the society is a really strange choice that I don't fully mm-hmm. understand because I think it would have been very easy to establish at the beginning this is a small town and this family lives there and are kind of outsiders, but everybody knows everyone. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't establish that until like halfway through the movie when you realize oh, yeah, everybody knows each other. But it, yeah. it's an, and like it's just an odd way of spreading it out. And I don't, and I guess part of it is that they're also, were they, um, they had like escaped somewhere else to get there. And then what was the story with the Russians? I don't remember. They owned that rusty ship um, that she goes and explores after she looks at those photographs. Like, she steals the file from the doctor. Right. It's it's her mom's file. And she sees the pictures of the dead bodies and, and the marking on the, the star. Um, that's a marking on the Russian ship with the Russians. And the Russians did something to her mom. Yeah, it's like ship. the origin story yeah. kind of thing. So when she, like, goes there, it's like like going into the belly of the beast kind of imagery. But, so, but it was that the mother had killed back then, yeah. right? She had kind yeah, of slaughtered she, them. She killed, the two, she killed the two Russian guys to protect herself from them. From whatever okay. They were doing. And then they kind of were stuck in this town where everybody knew, except for Marie, everybody kind of knew, oh, this woman's a werewolf and this family stay away from them. Certainly the adults did. Okay. And then I guess the – and that's another thing that I think could have been um, – it, it's funny how sometimes the more you talk about a movie, the more you – like like I think in Christine's case, like it's the more like you start to see the things that could that could have been put together better. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're reaching it. They didn't make it. Yeah, the generational aspect. You have the one that guy – You know that's 100% my shit. Yeah. Is, like hammered into my gravestone. I and, I and I just kept seeing shards of it and yeah. wanting more of it. Because it was so, it's such a cool idea to think that there was this this thing essentially done to a woman that is now the burden of another woman. Like, uh, it's very, very interesting. Well, and that this generation that witnessed it and had to take care of it, and their sons now are the same age as Marie. But you only get that, like, you have, like, is it Esben, who's just an asshole? And, like, you know as soon as you yeah. see him, you're like, oh, this fucking guy. But then yeah. there's the other guy, the kind of shorter, hairier folk, um, who seems to sort of be, like, the spokesman for that generation. And his mom is always there. Like, he's the the guy who's like, oh, right, well, you know, we know what our parents told us. But then you, mm-hmm. you it's weird that you don't have that with Esben. You don't have that with her boyfriend, Daniel, is it? Um, like, because why doesn't Daniel know all of this? Like, whereas Felix seems uh- to know it. I think Felix is a good 10 years older. Okay. Makes sense. 
Like, I think Felix was there for some of it because clearly his parents were very involved in it since they always come by to to make sure things are okay and they're right, the right. ones that are going to dump her out in the ocean. Yes, true. Yeah, so it was... I think some of the kind of sparseness of it and what uh, honestly keeps it at 90 minutes, it I, that's where maybe it, for me, could have been a little more developed out. Yeah. I think that, um, like, what was it, 2014? I, yes. I think that maybe they were trying to hold on to the twist too long. And mm-hmm. I, I get there's a tension there because you don't want it to be all about the twist, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, he, he wanted, like... The, cre- the filmmakers clearly wanted this story to be about her and these things we were talking about with the, like the societal pressures and stuff. Um, so they didn't want it to turn into only a monster movie. And then at the same time, they want to have this twist. And so they have, they spread it out a little too long. They pace it a little too slow. Yeah. Well, and I do like that it's not, and I, and I hope it's not sold that way. I mean, the poster doesn't, eh, nah, the poster might give it away a little bit. I, I'm really happy I didn't know this was a werewolf movie going into it. Yeah. Because it's a good surprise. Cause I, and I, it took me a, a while to figure out, oh, we're going werewolf direction. Because yeah. it could yeah, be anything. I was excited by that yeah. when I saw it. And so in ter- we talk about werewolves fairly often here. And I am, gener- in general, if I had to thumbs up, thumbs down for werewolves, I'm usually a thumbs down. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because of kind of what you said. They are so often used to tell the same story over and over again. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a man who's, you know, deep down, it's the monster inside of him that wants to get out. But is he really a monster or is it just a man? Um, and or like it's puberty, or which is the same. Exactly. <laughs> and they get so tired. And then usually when you see the werewolf, it doesn't look that good. So then you just say, oh, mm-hmm. I couldn't have been a vampire. We don't need the same kind of prosthetics for a vampire. Um, but that being said, like. I get the the lure of it, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. is good and, and could work. And I think it is the right monster for this movie. Yeah. And I appreciate that you don't, it doesn't go, it, like, it doesn't even say the word. It doesn't have to, and it's not a traditional werewolf. It's not a full moon and everything, but it's, it's there and it is a really fresh, the mythology itself is kind of fresh feeling, which I liked. Mm-hmm. I was, I also just had a thought about like where I can see, the, the one thing that stuck out for me that I thought maybe was mannish um, in terms of the writing and the filmmaking is that they repeatedly tell her she's beautiful. Yes. Um, that that's what she needs or wants to hear. And like, maybe but it, just, <laughs> it, 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 it stuck out for me even just when I was rewatching it yesterday. I was like this. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe so, there might've been a better thing, even though I can be like, well, you know, sometimes I can see how, if she's getting all hairy and fangy, <laughs> that maybe she wants to hear that she's still beautiful. <laughs> well, and that's that's again another case where I where I think to myself like, as we're saying it like, yeah, it's definitely a man because, like, body hair is such a thing. And granted, yeah. in Europe, not as much of a thing. Like, in most European countries, women don't shave their armpits, for example. Um, whereas in the in the states, especially, like, we are a very hairless. You know, more hairless the better. And look, I'm Italian. I'm a hairy woman. And that has always been like an aspect of femininity that I have to deal with. And I always want that like really dealt with. Ginger Snaps does it a little bit, but it's so over the top that I don't, I think it's just too on the nose. Um, But that would have been, it would have been fun to see more body hair trauma. I I did sort of enjoy it with, 
in, inverted in it. Like they do address it in this inverse way of um, um, Lars Mikkelsen's character Thor shaving his wife because she keeps growing the yeah. hair, and so he has to take her into the bathtub and shave her all, yep. uh, all over. And I, I thought that was neat. And I think in a weird way, um, I can see what they're going for with telling her she's beautiful still repeatedly. Yeah. But because compared to the sort of subversion of we have to take her in into the bathroom and secretly shave her um, as opposed to the like like you say really on the noseness of you're still beautiful when you're all furry and, and... <laughs> there's more of you to snuggle into <laughs> that's right you're bringing the body heat this time <laughs> <laughs> but I on the other hand I liked that her boyfriend did not turn on her yes and I I thought they they did okay with Felix. I think Felix could have been better because they wanted someone to be the one that seemed like her friend, but then showed that society had turned against her. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree. I think that was because it's always, it's so easy to make all of your characters black and white. And when you're setting up this, you know, fishery where the dudes are dudes, like as soon as yeah. Felix was cool, I'm like, Oh good. Like there's a guy yeah. that is not a romantic interest for her clearly. Cause it establishes very quickly that she's got eyes for Daniel, but that is there and that is supportive and is, you know, and, and so the moment when he does not stand up for her is a big moment and you feel it yeah. because of what they've done with him. Yeah. Did you notice him shaking his head at her in the church? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And now having watched it again, I'm like, oh, yep, he's telling her early on, like, yeah. there's only so far I'm going to be your friend. And yeah. it's when you start, when Espen goes for you. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Oh. But, you know, she got to tear everybody's throat out. She did. And that oh. felt really good. I was actually going to tell you guys, like, maybe watch this one first because it has a happier ending. <laughs> You know what? That's actually a super good point, and I didn't watch this one first. And I, when we get to the next one, that that's uh, all I'm gonna have to say about it is the way it wrapped up. But I, I, I do appreciate that here, and I, and I did, I did like that. There was that bit of like a, a I, I hesitate to call it a girl power moment because that seems reductive. But like when her her dad is like like show him who's boss or give him hell or whatever he says Don't and take I was any like crap. I was like I there was a bit of like an eye roll but like and, and if I had seen this movie when I was like 15 this would be my favorite movie Yeah definitely Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it is like a corny dad thing to say like it truly <laughs> is. So in that moment of me being like ugh this movie I was like that was actually kind of cool <laughs> Go tear all their throats out, honey. <laughs> yeah, it was. Go for it the was, jugular, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, so you let your wife down. We didn't really even talk about that. I feel like yeah. you left yeah. you let your wife down wildly. So yes, please yeah. make it up to your poor daughter. Well, so yeah. let's let's talk about the dad a little bit and the mom because I think that is a really um, deep aspect of the movie, and I and I like. I mean, the, the actress who played the mom, I thought was great. Um, I was going to say, can we just, like, take a moment to be, like, Sonia Richter, who can, like, she she's emoting so well. She has no spoken parts. Yeah. 
she's moving so slowly and carefully because she's struggling against the medications and you just know exactly what she thinks and what she feels all the time. Oh, very much. And there's, um, oh man, there's a moment, I forget what it is that Marie does something. It's very, and you just see the the slightest smile on her lips and it's so, it it tells you like you, you understand this woman. You don't know she's a werewolf yet, but once you do, it all fits. But even before then, you know that she's there. You know that um, kind of where where her mind is focusing on at what point. And it is. It's a really good performance. Um, it's and it it makes it all that much sadder, I guess, because you're like, oh, yeah. this woman was was awesome. Like, and yeah. just the the idea that yes, yeah, she was the amount of restraint against her for presumably mm-hmm. eighteen years or however long. Yeah. Yeah, so now we can talk about Thor. <laughs> so we'll just say that Lars yeah. does a great job with like uh his his failure and then his tragedy and his pain and also his yeah. failure. Yeah, cuz he's he's just disappointing, if you will. Right? Like you you know that he and that's kind of what makes him like even a worse character in some ways is you know he knew this was all wrong. But he also really felt it was the only thing to do to protect, presumably, not just his wife, but also his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, they assumed that they would plan to kill them both if he didn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. And just being being weaker than both um, the town that's telling you what to do and the women in your life uh, is is an interesting place for a man to be, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost want that movie. Like like Christine was saying about the mom, like I'm almost interested or at least like in the 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 short story of it of of what he went through because it sucked and he sucked for for all of it, but there's something <laughs> really weirdly pathetically tragic about it. Yeah, and and Lars Mikkelsen is really selling it. Like yes. he's really feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz you know he's not a, a He's not a bad, like, he has an interesting, and this is, I think, the first thing I've seen him in. Um, He looks a little bit like, uh, what's the actor's name? Um, The guy who played um, Davos on Game of Thrones, Liam Cunningham. He is a little bit like they could play brothers in something in, like, one of my sexy fantasies. Uh, (laughs) But what there is, there is a kind of natural, like, comfort to him where I'm sure he could play like a a badass evil dude but if he's playing soft like I believe he's soft yeah yep yep don't medicate your wife just because she's a werewolf and the townsfolk are jerks and you live in an awful little town yeah like find another awful little town there's a lot exactly yeah I think that's that really is if you want to boil down where I'm at in the world uh, to a pinpoint, it's it's that. Like, I, I, I get what they were doing and all the things that Emily just said. He was trying to protect people and thought this was the best. But I'm, I've, I've moved past the need for that personally. I understand that other people are different and in different places, but me personally in my life don't care about a man who made a mistake trying to do what was best for his, the, the women in his life. Yeah. He needed to step up and do something real. So, and he never did, in my opinion, no. he never did. No, 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 he did no. not. It no. was very, it was a very passive experience for him, and and I just was like, okay, well, if if he's gonna be like uh, a supportive or pre- presented as a supportive figure, I actually need some action. 
Yep. So. Yep, Daniel's the only one who does step up. Which yeah. I do like. So hopefully that's like a generational pa- passing of the torch yep. kind of thing. Yep, find, find you a dude who will like bar a door with an axe so that you can kill the people who medicated your mom and were going yeah, to medicate you. or kill you. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wish it didn't take so long to get to that point, Carol. You know what I mean? Like, they, I was already hanging on by a thread, and I'm, like, so checked out by the time that that happens that it doesn't impact me. Yeah. And I'm kind of mad, because I want that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I want that for you, definitely. I leaned all the way forward to say that, like you were here, and I could say it to your face. <laughs> oh. Well, I wish the movie had given you that, and maybe you can recommend the last 20 minutes to people. But you know what? The movie gave you that, and then you gave me that. Oh. So, I appreciate that. Well, I would bar a door with an axe for you so you could tear out the, the throats of people who were unwilling so to accept you as you are. I appreciate that. Same. Same. <laughs> and, yeah, I would... Um... I would clean up the fish after after you made a mess. Aww, Either one of you. you. Yeah. Aww, I, I'm willing nice. to do that. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She had to clean up her own damn fish. Oh, yeah. That's, and I like fish. I know. I mean, Christine doesn't eat fish. Um, <laughs> like, I, I'm not one that gets grossed out by, like, thinking of, like, a sea of fish everywhere. And I that was something I really, like... At the beginning, this movie sucked me in from the beginning because of the fish, in part, because it was there like... There was a lot of fish right from the opening. So I was much. Like, oh, look at this. Well, so and much. when was the last time you watched a movie that was set in a fishery? Like, mm. And so I, I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is a world I don't know that I never see, but I know they exist because I go to the supermarket and I get the fish from there. Um, so I liked like oh, we're getting thrown into this color palette um, and I can smell it like it's, and everybody's constantly wearing, um, you know, everybody's in those, you know, coverall work suits and rubber gloves and stuff. And like all of that, like really, this movie did a good job in the beginning of like, these are the weird things that, that, that I gravitate towards because I'm suddenly thinking, oh, I'm somewhere I haven't been before. Um, and not to, and I don't know where it could have gone from there because at a certain point that just this could have been said anywhere it just happened to be in a fishing village um but that was one of the things that I really liked about it and I think helped helped make me more invested maybe than Christine where you checked out pretty early I think that oddly enough was the thing that really kept me into it so when in doubt people you're making a movie like I don't know set in a fishery somebody like me might (laughs) like it more because of that Everybody in watch caps. Oh, love it. <laughs> Always. Love it. It's a good, it's a solid aesthetic. Yeah, right? Uh, and I so wonder much... if people in Denmark, because I don't know, I, I assume there's a lot of little fishing towns like that. I wonder if they're like, oh my God, yes, this is exactly what it's like. <laughs> I felt like a werewolf in my little fishing town working in the fishery. <laughs> That's why I got out and went to the big city. <laughs> That's right. With my boyfriend, we stole a fishing boat. <laughs> so do we think, like, her final form is just werewolf all the time? I don't know. I don't either. I It seemed like it, it um, she could, not, I don't know if control is the right word, because I yeah, don't. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same, but I don't know if that, like, it, there were ebbs and flows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way of seeing it, because, yeah, that's what it seemed like. 
Yeah, but it seemed like she was just getting progressively more and more. Like, like the rash was getting bigger. Um, once she starts ripping out jugulars, like she's in her hairy form until the end, right? Because we yeah. don't we don't see her in the last moment, right? We see that Daniel has gone to her and that they're like, all right, sailing onward. But we don't know if she's in furry mode or, or human mode at that yeah. point. Yeah, well, it's hard to say like how much she's letting it out. Yeah. Because she's certainly being provoked those true at the end and she might just you know she might be like yep i'm beautiful i'm going to copenhagen and i'm gonna look like (laughs) gonna go go where they sell fancy shampoo sure (laughs) she's very popular (laughs) yeah cool all right any more to say about what do we think the title means i don't know do we think it's just a weird translation of something or is there something to be said for it I, I think it's a literal translation because I was looking at it and I don't speak Danish, but I can I can do a little German and okay. it was close to what you would say in German for when animals dream. Okay, interesting. So maybe it's a quote. Yeah, I meant to look it up. I didn't find anything. I did not either. Is it like when she dreams of being human and that was all a dream and now it's life? I don't know. Yeah, she had a terrible nightmare where she was in an awful little town. Yeah, and it all smelled like fish. I will say this. I'm not cooking fish today, but it did make me want to make fish. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Yes. If it's, it's, I don't know that it meant to, but like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get some tilapia next week. Ah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Christine, um, do you have any more to say about it? Uh, I don't think so, uh, but I would recommend it, contrary to every word that exited my mouth. <laughs> Well, but I understand what you're saying, because like I said, I, I had sort of the, infer- I think we had like an inverted experience where we liked a lot of the things that were interesting and uh, innovative about it. And then you're like, but if you're capable of that, just do it the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, like, look, it did a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but there's definitely, again. there's definitely stuff there. Definitely. Like yeah. if you, if even if, if it's werewolf if it's monstrous feminine if it's just like coming of age if it, you know like that that weird indie genre that's mm-hmm. also yeah yeah mm. um so there's a lot Fishing of stuff village. there for sure yeah. so i would never be like don't watch it it's crap it's just like if you are deeply entrenched in any of those styles of movies you might be disappointed or find this to be a little lacking in yeah. spots i do think it's one that I don't think by any means it's the best werewolf movie, but I feel like it's one that I'm going to cite a lot now when I talk about werewolf movies. Because it it does, as much as it does a lot of the same things as other movies about young women and sexuality, I think in terms of the werewolf genre, it's one of the few that's doing it in that way. Like, And yes, there's Ginger Snaps, mm-hmm. and this is not doing that much different but it but it's doing some things in, in another direction so I feel like it's one I I enjoyed well enough I liked it when I watched it um I didn't love it but I liked it a lot I feel like even though if this was any if the monster wasn't a werewolf I might not think about it again but I feel like the next time I watch any kind of werewolf movie this is gonna enter my head well, that's all I could ask for. I just, I like a werewolf a movie about women where it's not about them getting their period. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> because, oh God, that that is so, such a true thing. 
of like every, 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 okay. This is just another lesson to men. Everything isn't about our periods, <laughs> right? Every story about a woman becoming a girl, becoming a woman does not have to involve her period. It is not that big a thing in our lives. And at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that we, we don't think about it as much as people think. I God, think we no. think about it. <laughs> I don't sit around going like, hmm, yes, periods. <laughs> like, I mean, it's obviously a big part of life, but like, there are plenty of women who don't bleed. So I don't know why it's become this defining thing for womanhood. Yeah, they, you know, they might not, but you know, there's women who never bleed and never will bleed. And then there's women who bleed and then like stop it and like over half their life, both after menopause oh. and before they get their period, <laughs> it's not bleeding anymore. Well, I guess does it come back to the the belief that you couldn't get pregnant until you had your period? Which I don't even know how true that is. I think that is medically questionable. But that's always been the belief that like, oh, once you have your period, now you are fertile and can yeah. have a baby, right? Because now you, you're producing eggs, I think, something like that. Um, so I guess that's always a big part of it. But then that goes into the other thing that I think men think of we the other thing that they think we're always thinking about is babies right that like oh we're supposed to have babies right so naturally our period's a huge thing in our life because the day we get our period is the day we realize we're going to be moms no no i don't know any woman who the day she turned 12 or the day she realized oh my god it happened said now i'm going to be a mommy no doesn't work that way yep they're children children yeah. i think they're also just freaked out by blood oh god that too yeah. i'm yeah a- I, anything, I think the yeah. one thing that we, we that women who do menstruate get is like oh i get used to blood I totally used to cleaning up blood i get you know it's whatever yeah because once a month we have a a funnel running out red from us and that is something i am so over men being like grossed out or uncomfortable about periods uh fathers of daughters your, your daughter's going through something it's not gross it's what she goes through don't don't let her not talk about it if she wants to talk about it listen to it I'm tired of it that's okay okay thor go get your daughter <laughs> exactly go to the fucking convenience store the only one in town yes everybody knows it everybody knows it. oh my god can you imagine in a town that small everybody would always know when you had your period yep Right. Oh, geez. That's when you get a, like a, a year of supply at all times. Give you a look, say if you got like tampons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, then they'd burn you as a witch, like they do. <laughs> oh, the patriarchy, oh. folks. Do you hear exactly. what we go through every day? Except that she tears out their throats, and leaves. That's true. So there, there's a happy ending. Yep. All right. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break so all of us can change our tampons uh, <laughs> and come back and talk about the lure. Under the sea. Come with me. <laughs> the sea wind is always greener than somebody else's leg. You dream about going it's a big mistake Just look at the world around you Right here on the ocean floor Such wonderful things around you What more is you looking for? Under the sea Under the sea Darling, it's better than where it's wetter Take it from me Up on the shore, they work all day 
Okay, we are back to go for a dip, if you will, into the Polish waters with the lure. The lure. Do you say lure or lure? I say lure. I try to say lure, but I said it so weird. <laughs> I thought I said allure, like the word allure, like alluring. Allure, and I yeah. was like, no, the lure, lure. It's a tricky one when it's you a, have a, a weird New England accent. Well, and it's a weird word because it's not a diphthong. It's not like it should just be a one-syllable word, right? But people don't say it that way. Like I think it's kind of pronounced more as as if it's a two-syllable word. It's like it's it's like when people say Louisville, Kentucky, and I try to sound it out, and no matter what I do, I try to loosen my jaw. It doesn't work. That's how I feel about that word. The lure. 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 The lure. lure. Or the Polish mermaid horror musical. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And also it has the, I, whenever I look at the, the title in Polish, I'm like, Corky dancing you. And that's not how you say it at all. <laughs> I did the same thing. Oh my God. That's like the next cat I have. I'm going to name it Corky dancing you. I was like, that's yeah. also a very good title for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> not no. knowing what it translates. No, no, no. It has the right energy. Yep. So, I like to think it translates to the dancing cork. <laughs> Why not? Why not? So now, Christine had not seen this movie. I had not seen this movie. Carol, you've seen it a few times. What was your yeah. first... Uh, uh, when did you first meet this movie? Uh, when it came out. Um, like, 2015? Mm-hmm, 2015. So you saw it in the theaters? No, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it when it first went to streaming because gotcha. it did not show in a theater near me. Yeah, it, it's you know, um, it's it's not the blockbuster kind of content that they they usually put yeah. out on uh, the big screen. Yeah, they dumped it on Criterion right away though, so nice. it was like the Criterion deal. Yeah, I used to get really annoyed when like new movies went to Criterion because for a while everything Wes Anderson was going Criterion, and I. Like, kind of felt like, it's it's like when somebody tries to call something an instant classic. I'm like, no, 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 you yeah. can't do that. Like, that's all, the whole point of it is that we see what time does to something. But I yeah. will say, this is a movie that is so Criterion. Yeah, I was surprised how fast, because, like, it, it was not even a year old. Like, in its American release, I think it was, like, two months later, it was on Criterion. Yeah, it makes sense, though. It's It's... Because it is a, it's a good movie. I really like this movie, not surprising. Uh, mm. And it's a weird movie. And it is in like that criterion energy of clearly there are influences in this movie. And, and you can pull out different films or different directors or, I mean, the fact that it's, like you said, it's it's The Little Mermaid. But it is so fresh and original and weird, but not yeah. weird for the sake of weird. Yeah, I didn't actually catch The Little Mermaid until other people were talking about it yeah. after I'd seen it. Oh, wow. I thought as soon as they say, oh, you're going to turn into seafoam. And that's like halfway through the movie. I'm like, oh, 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 it's, it's yeah. Little Mermaid. I yeah, was I muted, was... but I had to unmute. I was chewing a pill, but I had to yell about seafoam. Seafoam. <laughs> when, when I was in eighth grade, I think, I wrote a paper about why Disney versions of fairy tales were really dangerous and undercutting the original messages mm-hmm. of the uh the fairy tales and i got told that i plagiarized it i didn't <gasps> i was just really smart oh sorry. But, uh, <laughs> that makes me so angry uh, and it makes me really want to read your paper this was i wish i still had it this was um my main thing was the little mermaid so yeah. i'm 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 mildly obsessed with tellings of it because obviously the Disney movie was so pervasive when I was a kid. Same. Oh, I really, loved it Disney's a lot of the Little fucking Mermaid. Stakes. Yeah. 
Oh, completely. My mother would not let me see The Little Mermaid when it came out. And it came out in, what, 89? I'm seven. And, like, I knew it was a Disney movie aimed at kids my age. And I wanted to go see it because everybody I knew saw The Little Mermaid. And my mom was like, no, remember you cried when we watched the fairy tale theater episode? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I don't think the movie's going to end the same way. Because in the fairy tale theater episode, she turns into seafoam at the end. Or, no, she, I think yeah, she turns yeah. into a ghost. But, like, she dies at the end because that's the fairy yeah. tale. And yeah. my mother really was convinced that the movie was going to do that, too. Uh, but I finally was able to see it. And I was one of those obnoxious little kids that thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I still love The Little Mermaid. I still think it is I just, groundbreaking. And yeah, it, it's without it, we wouldn't have had a Disney renaissance. The music is fantastic. The visuals are great. It is one of the most problematic Disney movies in terms of its its uh, understanding of women. <laughs> but I agree completely with you. I love it. And I, am, I I don't have guilty pleasures or like embarrassing things, but I wish I didn't like it as much as I Same. do because yeah. I know that it's not in the end. It's not great. Yeah. Like and people shouldn't have the people shouldn't be able to recite every single line of dialogue and know every Look song like stuff. I do. That's Isn't not OK. You should, well, wouldn't you think maybe my not. collection's complete? Maybe not for this I'm... one. But yeah, yeah I, so I was very excited that this was going to because it starts this movie starts and it's very clear what it's going to be and it was a lot more fun and stylish than i anticipated so knowing that and then getting the little mermaid connection i was very excited yeah. because it was like oh i'm gonna get something that i want like mm-hmm. this is gonna be good and i did it, a bit but i was sad but we'll yeah. get there yeah. I yeah so who wants to give a quick synopsis um it's about two mermaids. About two mermaids named Silver and Gold. Silver and Golden. Silver and, I, Silver and Golden. And I love them both equally. Me too. And, and I feel very let down by one of them. Oh, but I understand. No, I understand. Journeys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they come to uh, land because one of them thinks a boy is cute. Uh, Haven't we all been there, though? Oh, God. And... <laughs> Well, they had just been to Bulgaria thinking boys were cute, too. Yeah, so yeah, they were, you know, they're teenagers, they're in that phase, and they become uh, super, uh, What? what, I mean, they become like a cabaret act. They're well-known and loved, but not, like, internationally so. Uh, One of them really loves this boy, um, but this boy only sees her as a fish because she has no vagina, right? When they're out of, when they're on land, they have legs, but they don't have any... Uh, openings, if you will. Uh, like when a you, Barbie, as they say. Totally like a Barbie. When you pour water on them, then they have a fishtail. But you can't... You can kind of fuck the fishtail, right? Like, there's he, a he hole walks, in the fishtail. Yeah, look. For, not all sex is penetrative. True. Let's just Completely. let's just start there. But also, why aren't you down to stick your dick in that yeah. fishtail? I don't see the problem. Clearly, he had some issues with oh, it. But based on how fast he got married, spoiler, oh. I think... I think that he had bigger problems with the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and he, yeah, he had issues when they tried to have sex when she <sighs> had her human legs. So uh, he, yeah. Fuck this guy is the subtitle yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Um, but too. because what, at a certain point, um, is it silver is the silver, which one is the, um, aerial? Silver is the blonde one, Ariel, okay. and so, gold is the dark-haired one. Okay, so they're silver. They're after their tails because they're mermaids, right? They're not focused on their damn hair. They're focused on their tails. Which would make sense. I know. I was so excited when they did that. <laughs> yeah. 
So Silver has fallen in love with a boy who says, I can only, like, I, I can't love a fish. So she decides to do that thing that so many women do, which is like, I'm going to change myself for you. Only in this case, changing herself means getting her, her fish tail cut off and transplanted to enough so that they trade. At first, I thought yeah. they just killed a woman and were giving her her legs. But no, that woman got the fish tail. I want that yeah, story. She, that can be the sequel. She's so, a better deal. I yeah. don't know. I don't know why I didn't re- like that was the moment where I was like, oh, this movie is completely fictitious. I don't know why. I ex- <laughs> Were you trying to figure identify the true story this was based on? No, but like I thought it was grounded in reality. <laughs> Hear me out. I thought it was grounded in reality, but then when we have like this thin leg transplant. Like, where everybody seems fine and there's no, like, I have to reattach your spine. I was like, huh, this is very fantastical. I hadn't realized and I felt very silly. Well, I think that's... It felt very real to me. You you know what, though? You're not... I'm going to go with you for a minute because I think what's really... I, I, I was cool with this, but it it takes you a minute to realize, or like half the movie in Christine's case, is the reality we're in in this movie is that mermaids exist. Right, mm-hmm. that it's not that people think they're fake mermaids. Like yeah. most people are like, "Oh, they're mermaids. Cool." <laughs> it's not like, "Oh, no, no, you're just going to pretend to be a mermaid in the act, but don't tell anybody you're actually a mermaid." Like, no, no, no. Like in this world, mermaids and sea monsters are a thing. So mm-hmm. to that end, the reality that like somebody could tr- transplant a tail is like, yeah, doctors in this world know how to do that. I guess. It's like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Also yeah I, give I, I, you- Give me that fishtail. Yeah, yeah, see, I thought the, the director was moving through it. She's like, it's really not important how this medically works. We're not going to show you an extensive surgery scene because I have other business to get right. to. Right. I fucking love that. Oh, and that Do sequence it. is if so If you good. don't think it's important, don't yeah. spend time on it. You're driving yeah. this boat. I don't care. Like, spend time on what you think is important. I feel like so many, like, sci-fi, light sci-fi, like, speculative kind of stories stop down to, like, get me on board don't don't just plow through and i'll and i'll catch up or i'll check out and then your business like whatever but like yes this is what we do we give her legs and she's fine yeah like she's she can and she can walk it's like fine but she can't talk she she does have to do the treadmill though that's true i mean and she loses her voice (laughs) this is true yeah yeah the losing the voice thing you know obviously very little mermaid yeah yeah it made me sad, guys. Very I, sad. I know. It made me sad, too. Like, the one thing I had to say, like, going back to throat tearing out. <laughs> like, I'm glad she has a sister who, on one hand, respects her enough to be like, well, you love this doofus. Right. Um, and on the other hand is, I respected your horrible choice that I don't like. And now, now I'm going to take revenge. Oh, for sure. So either way. <laughs> And and there is a there is a sad poetry to that. So yeah. So basically, Little Mermaid style, we get told um, you have to you have to kill this guy that you love by sunset or sundown or whatever, um, or you turn into sea foam. And she's like, I'm no, I'm very yeah. I don't have a voice and I'm I have new legs and I'm in pain and it's awful. But I'm not go- I'm going to just let myself 
drift away. True and love like, is not ripping your asshole boyfriend's throat out because yeah. he's married somebody else. And yeah. I'm and I and I understand the the how poetic that is, and it and it made me mad though. Like I thought oh, yeah. it was a bad choice, but that's just me. Mm. But I understood why the character made it. But like yeah. she was like, I don't want to kill this boy that I love, which I respect. But hey, guess what? He dies either way. So you could have <laughs> just. You could have just killed him and been alive too. It's like whatever. Less what? less, less mm. bodies in the fray. I mean, I feel like the dis because I debated as soon as that happened, and then um, Gold makes the decision. I'm like, I'm thinking, no, don't do it. Like on like your sister's last wish was for him to live, but then the flip of that, I'm like, then I'm like, no, no, like kill this motherfucker. Like, the, and that's yeah. to me where the. Um, the satisfaction because ultimately like this is a sad movie but I felt satisfied with the ending because it yeah. was then yes this this the fairy tale the fairy tale is there right and in, in, in the fairy tale she love is more important than her happiness and happiness for her is turning into sea foam but that's because the fairy tale doesn't have the sister who's like well fuck you you're an asshole you deserve to die and so I yeah, was but... I was into it yeah I, I like how emotionally true it is like it it might uh not be in our world um, in terms of like mermaids and surgery and stuff like that, but it is in our world emotionally. Yeah. So both their choices are totally true and totally believable mm -hmm. and I and are totally in keeping with their characters. Like Golden might want to try to respect that she wanted this guy to live, but she's impulsive and she has her own loss that she's angry about. Yeah. And, and I mean, the dude deserved to deserved die. Deserved it. So, yeah, he did. I, I'm totally on Golden's side. Yeah. Let, let's talk about him because I I cannot decide if it is the success or failing of this movie that he is such a kind of cipher. Because I think of The Little Mermaid, the movie, right? And let's all agree, Eric is the hottest Disney prince that ever Disney prince, oh, right? Yeah. Beautiful. Just, very. Get, very. Get we, we, we all had our sexual awakening to, to Eric from Little Mermaid. But he is also one of the least interesting because he really is an idiot. And the boy in this movie, I'm I'm torn because I think is is the point that he is so ultimately um, not interesting. And I mean, he is handsome if you're a 16 year old girl with specific tastes. Um, I'm looking at him and I don't think he's particularly a like, I don't think at any point in my life would he have been somebody I was attracted to. Um, he's not funny. He doesn't seem to be that talented. Like, there is nothing about him. And so it's that much more frustrating to me that Silver is willing to, to do all this stuff for him. But am I, in, in, in as much as I am so angry about that, is that also the point? That, look young women are their 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 hearts can be too big for them and they make the wrong decision and they do stupid shit for stupid boys i think so yes yeah yeah it read that way to me very much okay. and it's one of the ways that i i feel like uh, uh if a, a guy had direct, written and directed this they would they would obviously probably either try to be more sympathetic to him mm -hmm. or be angrier at him instead yeah. of being like he's just a doof yeah like he's... he's he's so undeserving of all of this and to a degree kind of like willfully ignorant about it yep. like very yeah, he's... very blase flase da about it and and like that's so that's so accurate yeah how, like yeah. how many how many people have i just 
wept over and written sad words in a black yes. cover journal that had no well, idea I fucking existed. And how many of us have watched our friends do that? Oh, God, yeah. And so it was like that all over again, which is why we're all on Golden Side, because it's like, you know, she, Silver, you're lovely and you're talented and there's so many other people. Yep, yep. And apparently there's like sea, like if, if you're into dudes, there's sea dudes and you can... Right? Go be with the sea dudes and not God, worry about turning into foam, and they're not going to die before you. Just a sea dude. <laughs> this is such a good point. Yeah. yeah. But see, I'm not frustrated with the movie. I'm no. frustrated with the character yeah. whose choices exactly. I understand, which I, yes. which is just a very nice feeling. Like I understand yeah. why she did this, and I hate it. I hate yeah. it all. Yeah. But like, you got me on board in a big way. Like I, sh- yeah. if I care this much, you did your job. Yeah. 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 That that scene where after he where she's trying to seduce him and she goes into the bathtub so that she has her cloaca or a vagina or whatever she mermaids have, um, and he refuses her and tells her that to her to him she'll always be an animal and then she peels off her scale and bleeds to give him a pick for his base. Yep. Oh my God! Like that is that is unfortunately truthful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like it. it, The only reason I think the reason why I hated, not hated, but didn't love how she was acting about this was because I related to it too much and I felt attacked. Like, don't come for me. This is just a movie. I didn't sign up for this. (laughs) But at least the movie loves her. You know, like not like mad at her and being like, oh, you made a stupid mistake and you should have been smart or whatever. Yeah. And that is such a part of that story, too, right? Like, and even if you go back to the, like, Hans Christian Andersen original, like, it is that she just falls in love with this man on on the, on the mm-hmm. land and wants to be with him. And her sisters say, no, don't do it. And Sebastian the Crab is like, will you look at the world down here? Will you look at how <laughs> cool it is? We have, you can play drums on clamshells. How cool is that? <laughs> She's like, no, I want to go walk. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It is very frustrating. Um, a lot of milling. Ugh, yeah. The, um, th- this is a musical, which... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So totally. we, we, we need to mention that. that. Now, uh, again, I hear a musical and my bells go off in my head and I say, I don't care what it is, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, Christine hears musical and, and the bells go off in a different way. So no, but the songs were really good. And that's, yeah. that's the thing. I like a song that like tells a story and fits with the mood and pushes narrative, but isn't necessarily literal. Mm-hmm. I think is, is a big defining thing for me. Like, I don't want you to be like, I'm going over here and here's my umbrella. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want that. Like, don't do that. I I'm watching the movie already. I get it. But like these were very they were like little music videos yeah. and it was it was shot yeah. so well. This is so, what an amazing visual storyteller. Yeah. And yeah. debut too. This is her first film, yeah. right? I know it's crazy. So beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And there's like it's obviously it's when they're like all they're wearing black and their makeup's all like harsh and they're singing like really mean songs and it's extra frantic. I was like this might be the height of filmmaking. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like how how they did have the siren powers. Oh yeah, yeah. So like like you say, the music isn't really literal, but again, it sort of has like this this emotional effect on everyone. So when they're singing their like frenetic 
angry, passionate song, like people are getting angry, but then they're also kissing and making out. Or when they, when you first experience it and you're not sure um, what's going on is like when they're singing in the back and then you just start to notice different people dancing and along to, I forget the name of the song, but the song that um, their sort of mom stand in from the cabaret act is is performing and they're singing along in the back and the the waiters start dancing Mm. and you think, but then by the time they're taken for their makeover at the mall. Um, My favorite oh, song, obviously. There's a spectacular dance number. With escalator and like, clothes oh, montages. Real. Yeah. Yes, that's a good point. I, I That was when I was like, oh, we're just like, okay, we're all in. This is happening. And I re- again, I really appreciate that. Don't stop down to explain that this is like actually affecting the people around them. I Just show me it. And yeah. I was 100% on board. I'm like, oh, this is happening. This is great. Yeah. I wanted them, you see, I wanted them to reach huge levels of stardom. Like have it be yeah. like Josie and the Pussycat mm. style. Now they're on billboards. I understand scope-wise why we didn't do that. <laughs> but, yeah. but still, I wanted that. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's neat too is like character-wise, it works because Silver's just there for that boy. Yeah, Gold is passing time waiting for Silver to get over the boy so they can swim to America. Um, so they're not interested in doing anything more. Like they're getting enough out of this nightclub that they don't. Mm-hmm. Need to... Yeah, and I liked the like, and I guess this was a thing in in that era of Poland. I think they were called dancing nightclubs, where you had. Um, like cabarets that were a lot of musical acts and the sort of reality of that world. I just thought was really cool and defined without it having to be defined. It was that, yeah, this is a world where you could have mermaids sing, but only if there's two of them because duets are are hot right now, but single singers aren't. (laughs) So as soon as gold loses her voice, it's like, ah, or silver loses her voice. It's like, nah, gold, I don't think we can really do it anymore. And like that whole thing, I was like, okay, yeah, I like this world. I'm totally into it. I I would, I would buy a ticket to any of these shows, but I also wouldn't be like, whoa, this is the craziest thing. It's like, no, no, this is what you did for fun in in the eighties in Poland, apparently. That guy looked so much like a coked out James Mason. Oh yeah, the nightclub owner. Yeah, I yeah. Can see it. yeah, he was unpleasant, and which again, very good casting. And yeah, and yet something I really liked because I turned this movie on. It you know I watch movies in the morning. It's six a.m. I'm, I'm sitting here having my breakfast, and I turn the movie on. And ten minutes into the movie, my husband is you know getting ready for work, and he walks in right at the moment that these two young, seemingly underage girls take all their clothes off. <laughs> and are standing mm-hmm. in this nightclub and of course brandon looks at me he's like what what are you is this legal what are you watching and i'm like no no, they're mermaids see they don't have parts so it's okay <laughs> but that you open it and you think there's so many ways you're watching this movie and you're thinking it's gonna go right yeah. because just the idea of mermaids which i think has always been this weird sexual thing of they're such a what do you call it like typical hetero male fantasy where they're always like big breasted and long hair and none of that makes any sense in terms of like well that doesn't seem like it would physically in terms of like um this creature swimming why would they need breasts that big it doesn't seem like it would biologically make sense and what is so sexy about this creature when you can't actually put your penis anywhere inside (laughs) of her so why would you want to have sex with a mermaid like and i really was curious i'm like oh where is it you know, they're in a nightclub, they're naked young women. 
like what is this going to be like a fetish thing and like and it absolutely is not like it is not and that is so interesting because it would have been so easy to go that route um so i want to hear carol talk a lot 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 more but i just want to say one thing before i i feel like i've wrapped up my thoughts on this the way that i screamed when i saw they had fucked up teeth the way that i (laughs) shouted all I want is a fish lady with needle teeth. That's all mm-hmm. I fucking want. And it's so hard to get. I mean, also, you gotta, you're presumably there. Yeah. Their fins looked so good. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why? Why? Do, first of all, why doesn't everything look that good? Why isn't everything practical and look that good? Yeah. Second of all, why don't I have a thousand mermaid movies? Because clearly fin technology is just mm-hmm. well beyond what I thought <laughs> All right. that, and I don't think they had a lot of money either. It is the, this is what this is like such I, I knew talking about it would make me love it more. This is such expert filmmaking. Yeah. The storytelling, the clear the clear focus, the scope was right and made sense and it never felt like I was watching something with limitations or mm-hmm. like a budget. But yeah. obviously it did. It's a it's a weird mermaid of course. Who was throwing yeah. gobs of cash at this thing? Yeah. So of course there's like a a, a not you know, large budget, but it was so good. Okay, I'll stop. Carol, what else do you have to say? Um, <laughs> I don't know now. <laughs> Sorry to pivot and put you on. You, how you do you feel about weird mermaid teeth? You suggested it so much, and that, like, like clearly, what about this spoke to you? What about this made you feel like, like, super passionate about it? I'm just so curious um, because I get it. It's. It's, um, it, I guess, like, looping back to the When Animals Dream without dissing When Animals Dream. Um, I, I love movies that, and like art in general, that tries to do something new and interesting. And so with something like When Animal, Animals Dream, um, I'm not going to say trying is enough, but they try and succeed enough. Mm-hmm that I like it and it's interesting and I, I would recommend it to people and I would watch it again even. With this, I feel like um, the filmmaker, I, I cannot pronounce her name very well, so I'm just, I, it's unfortunate. Smozinska. <laughs> sorry. Smozinska. Oh. Yeah, Smozinska. They don't, they don't phonetically uh, but, lay it out. Yes, yeah, Smozinska. I, I feel like she had a vision and it feels like you're absolutely seeing what she intended to do. And what she intended to do is so neat and interesting. And I was, when you were talking about the sea foam, like part of the reason I didn't think about The Little Mermaid when I was watching it is I was so absorbed by the film, I wasn't thinking about the film while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And that's really unusual. And it's not like I don't, like, I enjoy having thoughts while I'm watching things, but (laughs) I was just, you know, that engrossed and delighted by all the craziness that was happening. Um, Yeah, yeah. so I I felt the same, but I would say I trusted it. Like, that's how I would articulate it. So that's why the surgery scene, I was like, oh, this is what we're doing. And the the seafoam, I was like, oh, this is what we're doing. Because I felt so, like, enveloped in somebody's, uh, like, clear vision yeah that that i was not trying to game it or mm-hmm. outthink it like i just was like whatever you're gonna do do it to me yeah i'm going and with you- your turns <laughs> yeah 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 
Well, and I think and- there there's the the music itself. I think is really interesting in that way because the like some of the songs all have a certain style of it being. You know, this is set in the early '80s in Poland, of which I don't think any of us know much about that scene. So for all we know, this is like, oh, this is how all the music was. But the music is different. Like you have some show tuney numbers. You have some um, like heavy metal numbers. You have all of these different styles of music. Um, and they, it doesn't feel gimmicky. It doesn't feel like, oh, I want a heavy metal song right here. So let me introduce this character. It feels yeah. very like you're just in this world and going with it. And the mood of this world right now is a sad solo. And the mood of it right now is an angry rock number. And that's yeah. really cool and hard to pull off without it sound- feeling really forced. And and different arrangements of the same song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I, I actually have both the soundtracks. Nice. Like, I and um, it's worth getting the Ballad E-Romance one with the, the two women electronic duo who appear... Like they wrote most of the music and most of the songs are theirs and they're at the wedding playing the song. Like you see them at the keyboards in the back. Oh, that's awesome. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The lady music. Oh yeah. Lady music is great in this. (laughs) It just, it's, I feel like when, when it was sold to me as, oh, it's the mermaid horror musical. I was, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You had me at every one of those words. And (laughs) I think what's, what's interesting and I really hope, more people see it i wonder if somebody has had the chance to see it but hasn't watched it like what why was it because you think it's a a wacky weird mermaid musical like it Mm -hmm. it could have been really insufferable based on that premise like if you tell somebody the plot of this movie and say oh it's also a musical there are people that are gonna say no 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 no, that sounds terrible and you're right it can sound terrible but it's so not yeah, well, I was thinking it, it's another one of those things that has, like, there's a Venn diagram of three things going on there, <laughs> and I feel like it hits the sweet spot in all of them. It doesn't lean too far into yeah. the, certain kinds of musicals or mermaid movies or horror. Like, it, it's, like, right in the sweet spot in the center of all those things. Yeah. And I mean, that, the scene, I mean, my favorite, aside from the obviously mall musical number, which I'm always going to be a sucker for the scene of her having the transplant, the way that is shot, the visuals of her laying in a bed of ice next to a woman laying in a bed of ice, um, her just singing straight to the camera as it goes. That, that is what I will remember forever from this movie. That scene was so gorgeously haunting and weird. And yet Mm -hmm. is so important to, to this movie. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's stylized, um, like you guys were talking about how Wes Anderson keeps going straight to Criterion. Yeah. Um, it That scene, like all the scenes, but that scene has that Wes Anderson feel where it's yep. like filmed above straight on. Right, like right, right. Right in the center of the shot. But like Wes Anderson is enjoyable, but I don't always find him emotionally affecting. Mm-hmm. And there was like no part of this movie that I didn't find emotionally affecting, yeah. no matter how stylized it got. Yeah. Well, the, the actress playing um, Silver also has that perfect, open, yearning face. Yeah. Like, I mean, both both of the actresses look. I'm sure they were adults, um, but they both look like yes, they could they could be 15, and I would believe it. And mm-hmm. Silver, in particular, just has this um, 
this this face that you just know, oh my God, somebody's going to break your heart and yeah. I don't want to see that. And so yeah. it, it is so, when, as soon as she loses her voice and when you see her in her skinny human legs and you're just mm-hmm. suddenly like, oh, oh no, no, this world is too rough for you. You, you deserve better. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to work on my treadmill and everything's going to oh, be great. Oh, oh, that fucking asshole. Yep, and then he gets her, she gets her period, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with her. Yep, yep, he sees a scar, he's like, oh, oh this is what I get, and ugh. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, very, very upsetting. I, you know when you were asking me about when animals dream, um, and whether I noticed, like, uh, male filmmaking mm-hmm. uh, having some influence on how the women portrayed? What I was thinking about is what I really noticed with this is... Um, things that I think a female filmmaker does with women that men might not think of. And one of the things was, is when they go to have sex, because she's healed up enough and you can see her scar along the, where her suture is still along the bottom of her rib cage and they're all dried and they're not bleeding. Um, And they go to have sex and he pulls away because he had it because she's having her period and he has blood all over his shorts and he's like disgusted. She does this little reach Yep. That I recognize as like, am I having my period? <laughs> and I, I just like a male filmmaker would not. Yeah. Like, I think she's like men in the audience aren't necessarily going to get what just happened based on his bloody um, boxers alone. They're going to think it's the sutures leaking. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, and really then truly that. informed that like I for a second I was like, wait, did she? Oh, OK. And I yeah. was immediately like, yeah, all right. And it's so <laughs> it's almost like sadly laughable yeah like like it should this 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 woman has like almost open wounds along her abdomen and yet this yeah okay i mean sure yeah but so believable (laughs) and i think the the nudity also is very um feels like it is just like understood and Never, aside from my husband walking in at the moment and thinking, what the hell is my wife watching? Uh, the It's like, th- these are mermaids. They don't have any qualms about their bodies because they're motherfucking mermaids. So for yeah. them, it is nothing to take their clothes off. And it is not, oh, let me have my hair positioned over my breast in such a way where you're constantly waiting to find the nipple. Like, no, it's just yeah. a lot of times they're going to be naked because that's what, what they are. And it doesn't yeah. feel leering. Like, I mean, they're beautiful women. And yes, you can look at that and, and certainly get a lot out of that. But it doesn't ever feel like it is male gazy. It's just, well, this is their body and they're going to show their body because yeah. they don't care. Yeah. yeah, they're just standing there. They're not being sexy. They're standing. Yep, yep. So this is this was a good one. I, I'm really glad I finally watched it. I'm glad I got over yeah. my musical phobia. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't shaken you of of your musical phobia with all the musicals I've made you watch. Yeah, but like like we've talked about this, like something like Into the Woods, which I got four minutes into and had to shut <laughs> off. Like I, there's some things I can't do, but like Scott Pilgrim, Phantom of the Paradise, there are some musicals that are among my favorite movies. Mm. I just like when the music is is something that can easily stand alone and not in like a show tune way. Not to say anything about show tunes, it's just not my thing. And this, I like, I would listen to this. Yeah. Absolutely. I would sit and listen to these songs. Yeah. It's always interesting to hear a musical in another language. Um, just because it's, you end up having a different relationship to the songs. 
Because when you're listening to a musical in English, you are hearing the words, but you're not necessarily listening to the words in a musical, I think. So often, like, you, you're not, you're hearing the sentiment of the song, but you're not necessarily picking out every word from a lyric. But when you're watching a subtitled musical, you're reading the lyrics and it's, it is a weird position in a way. Like it forces you to engage with the actual words of the song, which is strange, especially in this case, because it's, I don't think a song is ever meant to be taken that way. I think there is a difference between poetry and music and it's not that, um, you know, one is set to music and one isn't. It's a, no, 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 a, a song has different things it has to do. And the words often don't matter. The words matter less than where they're falling and what the actual sound is. So, but when you have to read the lyrics as you go, it just, it's, it makes it like more haunting in a way. Because it, it's this eerie, like you're kind of understanding the song as you go but in a, in a whole different way where you're you're forced to un- to see the words in front of you. I don't know. It's it's a strange um, phenomenon that I haven't fully figured out because I haven't I haven't I mean I've watched musicals in other languages, but not nearly as many as I've watched English language musicals. And I think there is a big difference in the end result when you watch a musical that way. Mm-hmm. It's a really good point. Yeah. Cool. Do we have any more to say about the lure? And have either of you seen, it looks like the director has another film that came out in 2018 called Fuga, um, about a woman who suffers memory loss and has to rebuild her own way of life. I have not seen that, but I'm going to seek it out. That seems yeah, to be the last full-length movie she made. So, yeah. Oh, yes, you are muted. Emmett, can you hear me now? We can hear yes. you now. Yay. Okay. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, trust me. Um, yeah, I was actually going to say more about the lyrics because oh, yeah. one of the things that I appreciated about reading them in a way I think I wouldn't have, because I do listen to the soundtrack by itself, mm. um, is I appreciate that it actually works as a musical too. Because yeah. when, when you have to read the lyrics, you, like I ended up paying attention to the lyrics more than I would have with this music that a lot of it sounds kind of poppy. And so yes. you might think it's like, what do they call them? Jukebox musicals? Sure, where, they where the do... lyrics don't don't actually say anything. It's just to get to the yeah. next beat. Yeah, and so it's neat to me that this also stands up as a musical. And then um, that it's an interesting one. Like the lyrics were interesting. When she's getting the surgery, her yeah. sister is also singing about, like, you could just sign the paperwork and leave. And she's literally sign- singing about just sign yep. the paperwork and leave. And that i thought that was really cool i like that yeah that's a really good one um it is again rentable on amazon prime and i think if you have criterion channel it's available to watch that way so if you have not folks at home who listen to us talk about it for a half hour so hopefully you've already seen it because we've talked about it in detail um but still like there's you this is one i think the reverse maybe of when animals dream i feel like if christine had read an article uh Mm. about this movie giving away all the plot points i think you still would have enjoyed it oh i would have been excited and 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 thrilled to see how weird it really was and all the weird stuff it did and how committed it was to certain things i 
I think that you obviously it's nice to go into things completely blind, but I really don't think knowing how this ends is because essentially it is the Little Mermaid. Oh, completely. So like, Once you get to a like, certain yeah. point, you realize, oh, this is this is only going to go one way, and even mm-hmm. if it goes another way, it's going that way. It, it yeah, might yeah. do a flip of that, but I know where it's going. So it's about the execution, yeah, and not the plot. Yeah, but it's a great one. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Never mind. I'll never talk again. I Jeez. have no oh. idea what I was. Christine, say. that was so sudden. Are you okay? I, I have no idea. You like I were started starting a sentence. Immediately. Oh. This is like the. Do you, Christine? Um, what do you smell right I now? Can you? Oh, just, no. You're probably thinking about what a doofus Metech was, and then you just lost your train of thought. Where you're like, he's not worth it. He's no, not I, worth I, it. I, I actually, I actually do remember. I appreciate that there were two sisters because if it had just been the journey of one woman, I think it would have been, um, it would have lost some of like what makes it cool and not like a just an overdone sad story about a sad girl. Yeah. Like I like that there, the that we had the other sister who who had a different mm-hmm. frame of mind and a different mm-hmm. point of reference because it, I think that an argument as you know the women that we are. Um, would be like you're you're a motherfucking fish lady. Go eat those men and jump back <laughs> in the water. And one of them had that perspective. Yeah, and it's nice to see both because also you know love makes you do things that maybe aren't your best and act certain ways. So like I, I appreciated that dual perspective because yeah. it's nice that duality is nice. We're not just one thing. We are capable of well, being sappy people who make bad decisions and also vengeful monsters which it's a great point and i think because i had read like a couple of different write-ups on the movie because i was curious kind of what else was out there and that was like the consensus like three reviews i read i'm pretty sure all written by men kind of said that like oh it you know it opens so great it has all this potential but then it's so disappointing how it turns into this very um you know trite story of a teenager basically and i think that's a really keen observation because yes imagine the reviews if it didn't have the balance but that yeah. we know yeah well that's a part but like you also it, it's like what we always say like the the um frustration nowadays with the title strong female character how yeah. a strong female character like to a lot of people just means linda hamilton and the terminator and mm-hmm. if Linda Hamilton in The Terminator also has a boyfriend, then suddenly she's not a strong female character. Like, that whole thing of, like, oh, no, you can only have it one way because there's so little representation. So, yes, throwing in that other balance uh, probably does help it just for that alone of, so that somebody doesn't walk away saying, yeah, man, mermaids are cool, but they're, you know, they're kind of lame. Yeah, well, and as much as I am with Golden in her in what little analysis of the situation I think she's doing, which is he's a doofus and you, he doesn't deserve you, both of which are true. Mm-hmm. And I'm angry about your death and I'm going to kill him, which I appreciate in the movie. Um, at the same time, I have to acknowledge she has a super destructive sex life. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't we all? Which is a nice parallel to like um, Silver's like... yeah getting all caught up in the idea of romance and that if she just, you know, changes herself enough, he'll love her and stay with her to the point that she's going to the wedding and listening to him perform with his bride a song they wrote together. 
Yeah. It's too <laughs> real. It's too real. Yeah. I have been that person. Aww. It is embarrassing in hindsight. But like, I mean, it's their shame, Christine. It's their <laughs> shame, <laughs> not yours. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it's just, it's just really interesting, and it make uh, something that on paper could have made me theoretically dislike this, you know, because of this tragic ending. In in the way it was actually executed, it elevated it. It yeah. really mm-hmm. highlighted something. And uh, yeah, and he ends up looking like a terrible asshole. Mm-hmm. And my first, the, the first thing out of my mouth was, why is she at this wedding? And then I went, no, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's totally believable. 100%. What a good movie. Thank yeah. you. This was a great one. Yeah. Yay, I'm so glad you guys liked it. Oh yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I feel okay story. now for pestering you for years to watch it. <laughs> I am sorry I didn't listen earlier. I know I meant to. It was I think it was on streaming somewhere at one point too. I'm kicking myself. But it was worth the four dollars to rent it. I, I think I will be buy pestered it and I, too. Yeah. I'll reference it always. So yeah. thank you. Oh yeah, this is gonna be a very good because it, you know, think of all the different lists it can go on, and how often, at least in my circles, the idea of like a horror musical comes up, and people are like, "Oh, there's only Phantom of the Paradise and Cannibal the Musical, and that's it." It's like, no, 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 there's others, and now it's like, yeah, yeah, there's this one. Here's one right here, right here. It's a really good one. So that's always good. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right, so that is the lure. Uh, before we go, um, it has been a while, so we're here to throw at you, fine folks at home. Uh, some good streaming recommendations can be on any platform. Um, Carol, did you uh, have a chance to think of one that you think people should watch? Um, yeah, I did, and I'm nervous now. <laughs> but... no. This is a safe place. Um, I'm going to recommend stuff on Rosenwitzki's uh, Cold Hell, Die Hölle, from 2017. Oh, I don't know this. It is a German movie about a Turkish-Austrian cab driver um, who sees a serial killer who's murdered her neighbor. Cool. Murdered her mm-hmm. neighbor, eh? Yeah. Hmm. Or did he see her? Ooh. Interesting. That sounds really good. It's, a very, it's like a neon noir. And there's... Nice. Um, if you see if you see write ups about it, they'll focus on on the action, and it's not that actiony. Although okay. there's a couple good action sequences. Okay. Uh, and where is it streaming? It's streaming. It was streaming on Shutter. I think it's still there. Okay. And I cool. Think Fun. It's also on Prime. Very nice. Very nice. Cool. I will. I am looking up the director because I was not familiar with him, and I'm still not familiar with him. Um, although perhaps oh, it is notable. I will, warn you, mm-hmm. I will warn you. There's one like. The one thing that really niggles me is there's a bad sex scene that just shouldn't be happening. Okay. So I thought you were going to say that an animal dies, but great. Okay. I don't. Re- I don't think an animal dies. Okay, I, I can handle bad sex much easier than I can uh, sad animal. Okay, this is yeah. the director of the InSync tearing up my heart video. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Notable. All right, cool, Christine. What do you got? Mine is also a shuffer, shuffle. Yep, shutter. <laughs> you can recommend. do it. You can do it. <laughs> Those are words that I usually say. Um, a shutter recommend, and it's summer of '84. Really? Tell me. I, fi- I finally watched it, and I really liked it. Oh, I liked it until the ending, which I hated so much that it 
totally undid the movie for me. Oh, I liked the ending. Oh, really? I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but if anybody wants to slide into my DMs and talk about mm. <laughs> the ending and about uh, the, the killer whose name I can't pull, and I love it, Rich Sumner. If anybody wants to slide into my DMs and talk about evil Rich Sumner, I am <laughs> okay. But um, it was fun, and it was... I liked it a lot, and also I've watched 150 things since the last time we mm-hmm. talked, and I didn't really know what to pick, but I figured I'd go with the Shutter one, because I've been really enjoying it lately. Yeah, I mean, they have a great selection on there. Yeah. yeah. I, I have my, my parent sharing my account now, so now it's great, because my mom will text me things like, how is this movie, this movie with the really long title about the vice and the key, should I watch that one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, she shouldn't, but. Um, <laughs> you don't know my mom. This is another recommend. Oh, I'm sorry. Please. This is a real, real recommend. Don't you apologize. Um, Also, Shudder, though. Anything for Jackson. I've been meaning to. You and I talked briefly about this. It is so fucking good. It is so perfect. It is the best movie. So, so um, and it is so fitting that you brought it up here. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but listeners who listened to the puppy for Christmas episode, um, with friend of the show, Christina, uh, should be interested in anything for Jackson because it's the same fucking director. Oh yeah. I saw there was like weirdness. This guy has done so many, um, Hallmark and not Hallmark so much, but, um, Lifetime and adjacent Christmas movies. And honestly, some of the better ones, like some of the ones that you're like, oh, yeah, I remember thinking that one was was kind of clever. And Puppy for Christmas was actually really fun. Um, So he has like cred in the cozy cardigan Christmas world. So I am up for it, certainly. Uh, My oh, my recommends. I went like really thematic because I like I started wondering because watching both of these movies, which are very much about, like we said, um, teenage girl discovering things but done in a way that's more interesting than what that usually means and I have two examples of movies that I thought do that really well and in totally new ways and both of them are streaming on Amazon Prime for free one of them is called The Fits Uh, The Fits it always sounds weird when I say that out loud but that's the title of the movie Uh, and this is it's uh, also 2015 female writer director uh, I believe it was her first film and it is about a, like, teenage girl who's kind of a tomboy who tries out for, like, the school's sort of dance troupe. And um, as she does, like, other girls start sort of dropping into these seizures and something's going on. And it is really strange. Um, it's really good and, and odd and clearly like there's so much going on that you I don't think you can get it in one viewing and I had a lot to think about the first time I watched it I haven't watched it again yet but I want to uh and it's like under it's like an hour and 10 minutes or something it's very short but there's so much there and it's unlike anything else I've seen um so I really recommend that and then the other one um is I believe also a female filmmaker. Let me just pull up the title. Is also on Amazon Prime, and it is The Sisterhood of Night, um, directed by Karen Weichter from a based on a short story by Steve Milhauser, who is a novelist that I always liked. And this is also um, teenage girls with a really good cast of girls that went on to um, do a lot of stuff. The uh, the girl from one of the Wes Anderson movies about the campers. Which one was that? 
the Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom, yeah, yeah. yeah. The girl with the red hair from that, she's in this. Um, the little girl in the Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe movies, she's in this. And the young woman from The Visit, the blonde, who's great, yep. she's in this. It's like this amazing cast of young women, and it's sort of similar. Like something has, something's going on with the teenage girls, and they're sort of using that to to kind of have different power dynamics. And again, it's different. It's moody. It's atmospheric, and it's exploring that age in a way that you you haven't really seen explored before. And I really enjoyed it. So I recommend all those things. And you Yay. said both on Prime. Both are on Prime. Yep, Sisterhood I, of Night. I... I do not have Prime anymore um, because I have cut my Amazon ties. Oh, you're so responsible. No, I mean, it was the, my re, re-update was like the middle of December, and I said, no, I refuse to be part of this anymore. So I shut it down. So I'll have to find alternate ways. And I think they're both the out things. there. They might also be on other streaming sites. So The Fits mm-hmm. and The Sisterhood of Night. I'll have to dig around. Okay. Um, Can now, I recommend one more? Please Yes. Do. Um. Have either of you seen One Cut of the Dead? No, that's on Shutter, right? Yep, that is on Shutter. I think oh. it's on a lot of things now. Possibly, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a zombie movie that's a little more and the like there's comedy elements and there's a delight in filmmaking and the one thing I would caution people to do is if you start watching it, make sure you watch past the first half an hour. Mm. Always a good warning. This is yeah. a, this is the one that's like really low budget but really earnest, right? Yeah, they ma- they made it with like a crazy low amount of money. Um, like I think it was twenty five thousand dollars, and they made back so much money, and it got um, it's distributed through Shutter now. Oh. Yeah, I've heard really great things yeah, about same. it since it was since it started making the rounds. Yeah. Yeah, I, I it's one of those things that like you don't want to tell people too much about. Mm-hmm. But I watched it a second time with a friend. Like we watched it together the first time, and then we watched it together a second time because he loved it so much. And I'm like, this actually is really neat to watch a second time too. So, nice. but it's just it's just fun, and it likes movies and making movies. That's always nice. Like it's nice <laughs> when you watch a movie that is made by somebody that clearly wanted to make that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's why I like a lot of like things that aren't necessarily like good or great movies, mm. just because the people making them are enjoy making films yeah. so much, enjoy film. Yeah, it's a good thing. Now, both of you ladies have internet outlets and such that people should be reading. So, Carol, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can read your stuff, and the stuff you gather, and all the wonderful things you do. Um... Well, I primarily write for The Cultural Gutter, and in fact, I am the evil overlord of The Cultural Gutter, and we have thoughtful writing about disreputable art. Um, We're undergoing a transition now where we might be moving from having specific genre and media domains to writing about anything we want that's disreputable. Nice. But as it is right now, we have um, editors for Bollywood, science fiction, genre tv and we have a, a comics and a guest star every month nice there's so much great stuff there and it's it all really like is. the the problem i have is i'll realize it's there like while i'm at work or something and kind of <laughs> killing time and i'll click on an article and be like oh my god there's, there's like so many words about this subject i'm so interested in shit i don't have time to read it right now i, I need to make it my weekend destination okay because there's I, some I'll great be stuff like, 
fewer words. No, 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 no fewer words. <laughs> you need to like Friday nights. Remind me. That's what you need to do. Yeah. So just text her Friday nights. Yeah. Be like, hey, look at look at the website tonight. You're not or, doing anything. Yeah. You know, I'll do a Google Calendar alert. Maybe that'll work. I did that for my tetanus shot recently. I hope Google's still around in ten years. Christine, yes, you write stuff and edit stuff and do all wonderful stuff. Tell the people about it. The best place to find me, if you're at all interested, is on Twitter. It's uh, xteen underscore and my last name, which is Makepeace, if you somehow didn't know. It is my given last name, so please don't ask. Um, <laughs> I am currently editing uh, pieces over at Certified Forgotten, which is a great site that focuses on uh, specifically horror films, but genre films from the Rotten Tomatoes age that have uh, been forgotten hmm. because they come out so rapidly. Uh, I recently wrote a piece about the final girls there. Oh, uh, yes. It, it was one wonderful. Of my favorite- Thank you. It's one of my favorite movies. So uh, I have never cried as hard in a horror movie as I have watching that movie. Oh, can I tell you when I rewatched it, I, I thought Harder, I had right. cried hard. Oh, yeah. I thought I had cried hard. I haven't seen my mom in almost two years. Oh. I almost threw up crying watching it. I get like, it. Like, like up, like when we watched, when we watched that dumb little uh, Pixar robot, what's his name? Wally. Wally. It was, it was like worse than Wally. I, I was yeah. inconsolable. I get so it. If you have Totally got it. If you haven't seen that movie yet, you should watch it. Um, I also wrote about the turning for Grim Mag, which is coming out February, the beginning of February, and I will post that everywhere once it happens. I am also uh, releasing a new book in the coming months. So that's something that I'll never Novel or short stories? A collection of short stories with a novella anchor. Ooh. Ooh. um, Exciting. if you follow me on Twitter, I will give you uh, play-by-play updates, I'm sure. Wonderful. You can Very text exciting. people, too. Yeah, yeah, I'll send them texts. Hey, Emily, <laughs> what about you? Where? What are you doing? Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm still writing at the old blog. I can't, I can't ever... Th- I'm so envious of people that think, like, I'm going to write a book. Like, that's great. No, I just still write uh, fairly short reviews of very usually terrible movies over at uh, DeadlyDollsHouse.com. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Look at us. How about that? Ladies doing shit. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, uh, that was us. Um, we will be back at some point with a long, obviously, as you noticed, we didn't do a what we've been watching because we knew that would be a very long period because it's been months since Christine and I have talked about that. Uh, so we will do one of those coming up. And then after that, we'll do another something or another. You'll find out what that is. Uh, presumably not at some time in the future. So that's our organized, uh, wonderfully run hosting uh stuff oh my you. gosh it fell apart at the end it did it was... it's uh <laughs> are you a malfunctioning robot? i suddenly feel like i might be <laughs> this is what um... happens because when i cut off my mermaid tail <laughs> all goes oh. to hell well well thank you for joining us it was a pleasure Yes. Uh, on that note, everybody, um, just remember, like, your mermaid tail is worth so much more than a stupid boy. Truly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Eve, you wicked woman, you done put your curse on me. Why didn't you just leave that apple hanging in the tree? You make us hate our husbands, our lovers, and
Yes, I tell you, I turn mean and cold. Those not afflicted with it are affected just the same. You poor old men just have to grin and say, I feel your pain. 